Hey guys, Reed Goosens here. Now before we dive into today's show, I quickly want to tell you about some exciting things happening in 2018. Now in a few months time, I will be launching my brand spanking new book, appropriately titled Investing in the US, The Ultimate Guide to US Real Estate. And it is all the best bits from this show transformed into a book. Now, As you are all loyal listeners on this show, we are doing a pre-launch book giveaway. So what you have to do in order to participate in this pre-launch book giveaway is just shoot me an email. It's pretty simple. At info, that's I-N-F-O at readgoosens.com. And in the subject line, you can put the words Kraken book. And in return, I will shoot you back a link where you can go and pre-order your copy of my new book. Now, remember, in that link, there will be an area where you can put the code Kraken, C-R-A-C-K-I-N, and that will enable you to get a discount. I want to thank you all for tuning in. The reason why I do this show is because of my loyal listeners, and this is a way of me giving back to you guys by helping you. You can pre-order the book and get it for free before we launch in a couple of months' time. All right, now back into the show. For me, it comes back to almost these two opposing forces in the industry. The, the type of conference you went to, the way we've been sourcing our deals and, and funding our deals with you know, that, that attitude, that mentality of make it happen and getting it done and working with a bunch of private investors versus the sort of buttoned up institutional, you know, big equity, big owner operator standpoint and just how like fundamentally different they are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the group that I was with really, I mean, they don't even know that this other group exists. They have no idea that conference was happening. Welcome to Investing in the US, an Aussie's guide to US real estate. A podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find this show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show.
G'day, g'day, guys, and welcome to another cracking episode of Investing in the US, uh, an Aussie's Guide to US Real Estate. I'm here again in Texas, Austin, with my business partner, Andrew Campbell, in his awesome studio, Life by Design, uh, that was designed by his lovely wife, Heather. Uh, Andrew, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. It's a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Look, good to be back, and uh, we're checking out some deals this week. Do you want to give maybe a little bit of a review of what's happened, and then we'll get into today's podcast, which is all about... You know, the differences we've learned from coming through different uh, conferences we just recently attended and what we learned in those conferences. But uh, maybe a summary of what's just happened the last two months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, we've been busy. Uh, you know, closed a couple of the two, two pack portfolio, what, three weeks ago now mm-hmm. uh, in San Antonio was 388 units. One of the reasons you're in town um, looking at checking in on that. We we're making some design decisions. Uh, you know, kind of checking in on the other assets and, you know, meeting, we've got a lot of new staff going down meeting them and, and just kind of building that culture that we talk a lot about want, you know, inspire and kind of people to feel like they're, they're, they're an owner in these deals because they are really the key to our success. So you know, it's, it's been busy. And then, you know, like you said, we're, um, you're getting those off onto the right foot and looking for the next deal. Yep. And we looked at a deal yesterday, you know, two days ago in Austin, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, from a business growth point of view, you're really focused on trying to get a flag here in Austin. As as am I, but it's sort of a it's a different type of market. It's a different type of beast, and you know we're trying to wrap our heads around it. And you know, it, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, just you know, strategically, as we want to continue to grow the platform, make sure we're good and diversified, not over leveraged in any one market. You know, I think of our focus of San Antonio, Austin, and and Houston as kind of the three main Texas markets we want to focus in. We think they've all got great fundamentals. We've got the relationships and, you know, the fact that that I'm here and that's kind of what I do and that got that piece of it. Um, You know, we want want to be spread out and and Austin obviously is is on everybody's radar nationally and it's sexy and it's hot and it's exploding in growth. Um, You know, so you've got to be very deliberate very thoughtful about, you know, looking at some of these, I mean, some of the cap rates people are throwing around. It's, it's, you know, the broker, what the broker said, the dealer that we're shopping was a 3.9. Wow. Yeah, I know. Austin. I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. And we're looking at this other deal. It's a 5.5 cap in a, in, a, in a, what I like to call a tier one market. You know, international folks are here for the Formula One Grand Prix this weekend. You know, Austin's on the map. Yeah. It's, it's direct flights to London out of Austin right now. They're direct flights to international countries and Austin's really here uh, and and having a I think a deal as a as we grow our wild horn platform, it's important to have you know a may institutional quality. We always have institutional quality deals, but in an institution, even you know a, a tier one market, I think that's yeah. really really important. And, and in the path of progress, um, but it's uh, it's interesting. We're gonna we're gonna see if we're gonna lob in an offer here in yeah. the next two next couple of hours and uh, and go from there. But today's podcast is is really all about. Um, the lessons learned that because you have been to recently a conference and I was uh, emceeing a conference at the Jake and Gino uh, conference two weekends ago, uh, three weekends ago in Nashville. You were at um, the IMN, IMN. Uh, multifamily owner conference in Chicago. In Chicago. And that was throughout the week, right? Yeah, it was last Monday and Tuesday. Last Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. So this podcast is really focused around the lessons both of us learned from two separate conferences, the, the people who attended and what is really happening in this industry of, of, of being an entrepreneur and how to raise money and, and not necessarily specific to real estate, but we'll talk a little bit about the differences between those two. Um, but from a high level, like what we both learned, and I think we were just talking a little bit offline in the green room about 
what this story and this message is going to be. And I think it's really the old way versus the new way of thinking of raising capital and how we build our business around that, how other entrepreneurs build their business versus the old way of you know raising money and doing real estate deals. And I think that's 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 it's really really key. So. Without further ado, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna start it off and jive into what I what I learnt. Um, I've got sort of a couple of points here, but you know, personally, I was just over the moon that Jake and Gino had asked me to come and speak at their uh, or MC their event, and I was you know blown away at the at the you know the, the brand that they've built, and they had I think 450 people at this um, at this real estate uh, event, and 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 I think 60 or 70 percent of them flew from out of state, so huge massive. You know, tip of the hat to to the boys. Uh, I know them personally; they're they're absolute great guys. Um, but you know, back down to what I specifically learnt and what I took away, I've sort of got. Um, I'm going to probably do. I've got five, but we may just dive into a handful of them. So I've got the first one is different is be, different is better than being better. That was the number one thing I took away. Creating a strong mission statement was a was the second one. Um, becoming a key person of influence, which I talk a lot about on this podcast. Uh, creating strong business ecosystems, and the fifth one was collaborate. Collaboration is key, uh, and then uh, so so. What does that all mean? Well, what, what, what's interesting to me too, like hearing you list those out, not a single one of those is necessarily real estate oriented. No, that, like, and I think that's one of the things we were talking about offline. It feels like you came out of there fired up and learning about being an entrepreneur, about being excited and, and almost sort of being you know forging your own path and being being a, a, a trailblazer right how do you go do that like none, 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 nothing you just listed off has anything to do with cap rates or underwriting or asset management or any things we talk about kind of the day-to-day piece of real estate right right and I think that's what today's conversation is really about and you'll probably touch a little bit more on the real estate aspect with your conference but yeah I think the big thing for me is you know how and it's talking to these points. So, you know, it's all about brand. You know, that was what this conference was was about brand. I just said that, you know, Jake and Gina, a very strong brand. Um, 60 or 70% of people flew from out of state just to be there. We had a couple of international folks. Um, someone flew, flew from New Zealand. Someone flew from South Africa. So huge international brand awareness. And they've done that through leveraging platforms like, you know, social media and, and iTunes and SoundCloud and, you know, doing a podcast and creating a brand. But, you know, for me personally, I got, you know, my personal being different is, is better than being better. The number one thing that I took away from it is, you know, I have a story, you know, and, and everyone has this stories. These days. I was talking about, you know, everyone's standing on a mountain of value um, and, and you've got to go tell your story in order to build your brand as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, to go and raise more capital, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when I was standing on stage t- telling my story about moving from uh, Australia six years ago and, you know, not happy starting with a $30,000 property. And now, we've, you know, you and I, we've developed this, we, we control what, $70 million worth of real estate now and created financial freedom for our families. You know, you talk a lot about life by design. You know, I've done, if I can move halfway across the world and do it, the average American can. And there's a lot of people in that crowd when I was telling that, they were just like, mouth is wide open and going, okay, I need to, you know, pull my socks up or, or whatever that might right. be. Um, so what? Is, so what is that different is being better than better? Is that, yeah, so... Is that- marketing oriented it is marketing oriented so i'll give you an example um you know your accent is different my accent's different right so the guy oh you know reed he's the aussie guy who's you know into multifamily. like there's not many aussie guys doing it so i'm just already in a different niche uh but 
you know, with all there's so much content out in the world these days, like I've got to build content, I've got a Facebook Live, I've got Instagram, blah, 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 blah. I think being different is better than being just better than the next person and, re- and replicating the same old crap. Mm. Excuse my language. But, mm. you know, around what Jake and Gino have produced, they're, they're, they've got this sort of make it happen. And we'll talk about the second thing is this creating a mission statement, but this blue collar work ethic and, and this down to earth approachability. Uh, I know with your, you know, your stuff and your blogging that you're doing, being vulnerable and, and, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. And when you can be become relatable, um, you can build a brand and, and you don't have to be this, you know, my brand, my personal brand and your Wildhorn personal brand and Jake and Gina's personal brand. It's not about being the next Tony Robbins. It's just about attracting a, a tribe and a tribe that, you know, Jake, you know, two kudos to Jake and Gina, 450 people flew halfway across the state just to be there, you know? And so having that, it's not about the thousands and thousands of Tony Robbins and blah, 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 or, or, or Tim Ferriss's or whatever it might be, but everyone's got a brand. And, and if you're being a little bit different, it's going to be better than just replicating someone else's stuff and, and just punching out, you know, there's so much content out there and you got to look at like, what is your differential? And, and mine happened to be Australian and it's a very strong statement because yeah, not many people pick up, quit their job and move halfway across the world for, for love and for, you know, for, to pursue a dream. So that's, it can resonate with people, but on the Jake and Gino brand, it's more blue collar work ethic, down to earth, you know, roll up the sleeves, um, with the Wildhorn stuff and the life by design, like get, everyone knows your mission statement is life by design. So it's like you're about creating, we're about creating this life for ourselves. And, and, and that comes first, right? And rather than necessarily, and how, so how do you go do that? You create a business around it and it can be any business, but it's, uh, it's about creating financial freedom and, and life by design. So it comes into my second point, a strong mission statement. And, you know, for me, um, you know, no, Jake and Gino Branders was great, but everyone there was make it happen, make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. It was you know jammed down people's throats. But it's it's you build a strong mission statement in your business, and you 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 advertise it around everything. You get you know it's on your it's on your website, it's on your flyers, it's on your bottom of your signature of your email, and that is what you're known for, right? And it's you know you know make it happen. M I H is what you know Jake and Gino are known for. So you can you, you know you might be out there in the world, and someone's like oh make it happen. Well, who said that? You know like. I'm sure Jake and Gina are not the first ones to say it, but they really drive it home. Life by design right here. It's it's very important to create that mission statement. And, you know, people know you and reach out to you and because of what you have been doing and your blogging. And it's about around this ecosystem of making a life for you and your family. But they may not know necessarily it's Wildhorn or, or, or it's Andrew. Sure. You know, it's sure. it's sort of, it's a, it's and, and you're not trying to go out and get, a billion followers it's just that you're trying to create a little tribe a strong tribe who is dedicated and loyal to you and you've created around a mission statement so i think when you build a brand you've got to be different but you also then got to create a mission statement to build the basis or the foundation of your business so you can go and attract better employees um, better partners people just want to be around you to do business with you brokers you know you know the life by design and the brokerage stuff particularly here in texas everyone's walking around in golf shirts and, you know, flip-flops and shorts. And it's a very life by design. Like I can still do business and I can be on the golf course. I can still do business and I can go on a hike. You know, it's this different way of thinking. So um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that because it's about the strong mission statement because you're a marketing guy yourself. No, yeah. And I mean, certainly mission statement is, is, is I think, key in, in, in a lot of that. You're talking about kind of branding related to it. You know, I think for if you take life by design, you know, just very personally, I mean, that's about 
back to the first piece be, being different, you know, and kind of, well, the, like, like my personal story. Well, I got into cat to real estate cause I wanted passive income cause my dad had a stroke because I had to quit my job and I was like, okay, I had to quit my job. I have no income. I need to create passive income. And so that I can live a life by design so I can help take care of him so I can be around and be more flexible because I don't want to have to quit my job and rely on somebody else for income. Right. That's kind of where the whole thing comes from. And it becomes a, a, a mission statement and, and really a sort of a core piece and core belief for why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's so important for anybody to have that thing, you know, that rally point that make it happen. Like that's we, we, we just go make it happen. We figure right. it out. Like right. That's who we are. Well, we're trying to construct a life by design, a life on purpose, you know, with purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, you know, figure out what that is for you and then, you know, market it, brand it if you want, but, but, but know that it's an internal. It's either like a, man, a, a, a mantra, like, yeah. or, or a, um, uh, what, the, the, the sort of nearly like a cathartic sort of, I've got, got to say it every day. And if I mm-hmm. say it every day, it's repeating in my mind, make it happen. That's why it's so big life on my wall here. Yeah. Every day when I walk in here, I see it, it's massive. Right. It's like this, what are you doing this for? Right. Right, right, right. Um, you know, the the, the third one um, was key person, becoming a key person of influence. I won't, I won't touch too much on that because it's it's sort of related to the first two. Uh, but, you know, creating, being that, you know, people talk about when you create a brand or you, when you create a business, you need to be known for what you do. And again, it's not about being the Tony Robbins or the Tim Ferrisses or the um, Gary V's of the world. It's about, you know, within your sphere, your friends, your family, my friends, my family, they know what you do, and if you've got a strong mission statement, that key person of influence can come. Like, okay, you know, I remember when I first got into real estate. You know, I'm an engineer, and people are like, oh, Reed's an engineer. You know, he's, you know, but I over time through blogging and podcasting and doing all this stuff, people started to change a perception, and I could become a key person of influence in the international community who want to invest here in the United States. You know, you're a key person of influence in in Texas because you grew up here. You got your story and your narrative is around that. So it's very, very important to understand that it, that you don't have to be those big guys but you can still be a very strong influence in your sphere and and, and create a business around it correct your sphere doesn't have to be big no right? you can be a key no. person of influence in your neighborhood exactly you can be a key person of influence in your kid's school like your what, whatever your mission statement and passion is you can be a be a key person of influence in that sphere and it might be five people it might be five million people right Right, right, right. No, that's incredible. Um, the, the, the fourth thing I took away from the Jake and Gino conference, and, and I, I talk a lot about this as well on this podcast, is creating business ecosystems. So, you know, if I just, you take any business, and I'll, I'll, do, I'll give a couple of examples here, but let's talk about the Jake and Gino thing. So their sphere is podcasting and education, right? They really build, build their foundation off that. But they've also got a property management company. And I know Jake and Gino personally, and they sort of stumbled us over backwards into into property management because they had to sort of figure it out, and now they've created a profitable business out of it. But then they also can control that business. Um, they've got, you know, I think they're starting a syndication business. But um, those sort of things feed off each other and then create other opportunities and other legs of the table, right, around your brand. So it's not just reliant upon one income stream. Or you know, for us, it's very much Wildhorn has developed around. Um, you know, acquiring, but you know, part of my job in Wildhorn is to try and figure out other ecosystems that we're creating. You know, is it you know, product sourcing from China? Do we want to bring in property management in the future? Um, do you want to bring in construction? You know, to to control the costs. And in a downturn, you know, I, I do it and I see it by creating those ecosystems as recession resi- resilient stuff, so you can still keep the doors open and the lights on. 
in, so you can still have a life by design rather than having a, oh crap, it didn't work and I've got to go back to the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to that? No, no. I mean, I think that's... Yeah. Uh, and then the last one I've got here is collaboration is key. So yes, I have a brand and Jake and Gino has a brand, but they still invited me to come and, and speak and we're collaborating together. And, and the, the, being in a space, like, sorry, I'll take a step back. Being an entrepreneur can be sometimes a little lonely, right? Mm-hmm. You're going out and you're, you're talking to your brother and you're talking to your cousin, like, what the hell are they talking about? You know, I know you're talking about your brothers and your people that in, in your immediate family that sometimes people can, as an entrepreneur, you've got this idea, your family can think, think you're a little nuts. And so, you know, and, and so do a lot of people. When yeah. I first started, I, I was approaching people uh, for money uh, when I'm back in, you know, I was raising capital for other people's deals and they're like, Reed, what are you doing? Like, oh, you don't, you're an engineer, you don't know what you're doing. All of a sudden, it was through consistency and over many, many years, these same people I used to approach have come back and say, hey, through that mission statement, I want to collaborate with you. Um, I want to be, I want to be, I love what you're doing. What you, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. And then, but then back to Jake and Gino, it was sort of like, Reed's got his thing. I've got my thing. They've got their thing, but they still were big enough to understand that, hey, it's about a collaborating together. It's about coming together for a weekend and bouncing ideas off each other. And so you don't feel so lonely in the world of trying to go out there and, uh, you know, be an entrepreneur and be successful. So yeah. I, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, I mean, we, you know, we talk so much about masterminds and, you know, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with and big part of, of what you and I, you know, the partnership we've got. I mean, it, it's about collaborating so you can play up your strengths, you know, get rid of the stuff you don't like to do. I mean, it, it's, it's everything. It's, right. it's key. And it's a, it's a team sport. We talk about that all the time too. Like 100%. this specific business hundred percent of team sport. So you have to collaborate. Right. And it's, and you're going to these conferences like the Jake and Gina conference. We'll talk about your conference here in a little second. The differences we met at a conference, right? And so it was sort of the, to do with like, if we didn't go, if I didn't go to that conference, I didn't go to, to want to collaborate with other entrepreneurs. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to have the opportunities that are presented to me today. You know, it, you know, you go to the, the sponsorship room and there's Everyone there from, you know, uh, property management to other people selling self-directed IRAs to uh, legal firms and syndication firms that can help you set up your PPMs. Again, it's collaborating and being in those environments to bounce ideas of, hey, I've, I've struggled with that part of my business. I don't know enough about PPMs or something. Well, go see the person who's at the conference who's talking about it. You know, get to learn, get to know them. You don't have to be the expert, right? But you need to surround yourself with experts and uh, I know even to our relationship, you know, you've got strengths that I don't have and I've got strengths that you don't have. And that's why it's a collaboration. Yep. Um, and, and you know, back to the Jake and you, very, you know, very fortunate to have them uh, ask me to come and you know, MC. And it was something I really enjoyed. You know, I got, I, the juices get me flowing. You know, when I'm up on stage telling my story and it's trying to inspire people, I thought it was a little douchey when I first heard, you know, the Tony Robbins say that sort of stuff. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone's up there cheering and having, having a good time and, Inspiring people really is 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 starting. You can see why it's bigger than just doing real estate and creating financial freedom. There's something more. There's a more big of a mission statement that goes back to the life by design. Whatever you're doing, real estate, starting a business, it it starts with a mission statement and and, and it, it becomes more than just you know. It, I remember when I first started, the goal was hit financial freedom. Once you get there, okay, what's the next goal? You know, you're gonna yeah. get there pretty quickly. You got to start thinking that the world is that life is there's more to life than just financing or, or whatever that is. So yeah. in general, just to quickly summarize, being different is better than being better, creating strong mission statements, becoming a key person of influence, creating strong business ecosystems around your mission statement, and then collaboration is key. I think there were the five things. 
and I haven't even talked about real estate yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was that was what I've got out of this conference. So, and what, I, and, I, and I think you know the, the big takeaway when you're having this conversation, the big differences is how almost completely opposite the conference I went to was. Very valuable, very educational, you know, glad I went, got the opportunity to speak on a panel talking about, you know, funding deals, what you're seeing in, in the 200 unit space, but it was very tactical to mm-hmm. real estate. You know, look at some of the differences, your, your, your key lessons are all entrepreneurial, you know, marketing, almost sort of rah, rah. It was held on a weekend. Right. I think you had a lot of folks that are looking to, you know, passively invest in deals or break into the business as an operator. This conference I went to was on a Monday and Tuesday. You know, yep. it was very much more buttoned up. You know, I was the least dressed up guy because I just had a sweater and a sport coat. Um, you know, like which it, is your brand, right? Which yeah, is, yeah. But I mean, a lot of suits and ties, and you know, just talking institutional equity guys talking about what's happening with the markets and is you know as interest rates rise and cap rate, what's going to happen with cap rates and the bond market and the tariffs and very very tactical mm-hmm. uh, and again educational but almost completely different than what you experienced right. with you know there was no Tony Robbins chanting it was panel <laughs> next panel awesome you know network collaborate but but not there, there, there I'd say there wasn't a, a, there was a, not a lot of like that energy yeah you know? met some amazing people and, and really you know got to, to, to network a lot so so what, what, would, what would be the top three or four things that you took away because you just mentioned collaboration, which is definitely something I just you know have on my, which is yeah, they're probably the only tie that it has, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, just from I mean, for me personally, you know, the goal of coming out of it, you know, make sure I connect and meet with like three, three to four people. I mean, typically my my goal is to go really make a good personal connection with a couple of people a day. Mm-hmm. You know, not try to just pass out cards and, and shake hands, but let's have lunch, let's sit in there and talk. So I got to do that. I felt like that was successful. Got to meet with you know a couple of current partners, a couple of future partners. Felt. That was great. Um, I think we, you know, one of the, the other big takeaways is just the the general unease, right, of what's happening in the marketplace. And you know, I remember one on the institutional equity panel, you know, we've been talking a lot about do, do you go down the institutional equity path, you know, where we're at in our life cycle? Do you, you get a lot of people calling you, hey, I want to place place equity for you versus kind of working with our private investor base that we, we've been doing, uh, the, the professional equity guys and look, what's going to happen with the market? And, you know, Interest rates are ticking up. Well, our equity group's just going to suck it up and take less of a return. Uh, what does that mean for the long-term health of the overall market? Um, nobody knows. Yep. You know, what inning are we in? Uh, nobody knows. But it's got to be the last lot of <laughs> lot of conversation just about what's what what's happening. You know, how are you changing and tweaking your underwriting? You know, what are you looking for expense growth? What are you using for rent growth? Like a lot of that. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the, the you know, the minutiae of, like I just talked about 30,000 yeah. foot level stuff. So talk about like how people change their underwriting as they come into different types of markets. What, what, what are people doing? What are folks, what are these big institutional folks doing? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the, the two big things that, that were talked about the most was time horizons, mm-hmm. you know, so the last eight, 10 years, we've been in a, you know, two to three year kind of window you're going to get in you're going to hit your value add you're going to get out even if it's not value add the market just rates are compressing you can sell in two to three years that's not going to continue so now you're looking at a five seven ten year type hold the impact that has on your you know just the equity again like kind of on that institutional equity space who's interested in those type of plays and now it becomes a little bit more yield and cash flow oriented than it mm-hmm. is you know upside and forced appreciation 
that's got a major shift in the way that equity is thinking about deals and where your capital stack's coming from. Right. Um, so I think that that was that that was pretty a lot of conversation about that. Um, you know, as things are slowing down, everybody knows rent growth is not going to continue the same rate it has continued. So what do you, what sort of numbers do you put in for your rent growth? Obviously, you know, market to market specific, but we talked a lot about the panel I was on, you know, what are you paying per door? You know, what are you looking for? What are you underwriting expenses on, you know, big systems, the things to look out for, you know, things you're not talking about all the time. Well, what conditions a roof in? You know, how many ACs have been replaced? How many do we think are going to be replaced? Is there any structural issues? Is there all of the all of the systems that a building has that don't create any revenue right. are big bogeys? Right. Um, you know, and, really, really diving in on that stuff. And we talk a lot about like it's a you know we buy these existing 1980s assets, and part of the reason we're looking at a 2000 build here in Austin is that you might not get the best cash on cash compared to a 1980s asset, you know, more value add play, mm-hmm. um, but you're getting more, it's safer, but you also then don't have as much risk on the deferred maintenance, right? You're not playing whack-a-mole with, oh crap, I've got to go replace 20 HVAC mm-hmm. systems and that's, but that doesn't said, move the needle in terms of rent, yeah. right? You know, I've, uh, you've got to replace more siding. Um, and so that's where in, from a risk point of view, I'm hearing you say that, we're looking at these nicer quality deals. The returns are a little bit lower, but on a longer term basis, you can you you can place money and it's capital preservation and it's still getting a good good return. But it may take seven to eight years to maybe you know double the money rather than five to six, which is what we've typically been seeing here in the United <laughs> States. Which is another we could have a whole podcast about that. Yeah, but um, yeah. but uh, just but just to summarize, do you want to go back through your list of what you or anything else you, you took out of the conference? I mean, th- there was a lot of like little tactical stuff, you know, but I, I think the big one, it just for me, it comes back to almost these two opposing forces in the industry. The, the type of conference you went to, the way we've been sourcing our deals and, and funding our deals with, you know, that that attitude, that mentality of make it happen and getting it done and working with a bunch of private investors versus the sort of buttoned up institutional, you know, big equity, big owner operator standpoint and just how like fundamentally different they are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the group that I was with really, I mean, they don't even know that this other group exists. They have no <laughs> idea that conference was happening. Right. Right. They're operating up at this level, but how much fun are we having operating down here and doing it the way we're doing it? And, yep. and then the cross-eyed looks we get when we talk about well, how, what are you, how are you doing what you're doing? You know, I was at this dinner a few weeks ago in Houston with a lot of like traditional equity guys, guys our age, but we're working for big hedge funds, big institutional equity groups. And we're looking at me literally cross-eyed when I was telling them how we're funding deals and how we're, you know, reaching out and working with a lot of investors and building our database and having these, you know, constant communications. And it just so fundamentally different than the traditional way. We're obviously not the only one doing that. Right. But it's like these these sort of two opposing viewpoints, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, that was my big takeaway. Is just like, man, this is they're totally different worlds. Yep, yeah, and I think doing the same, relatively the same thing. Hundred percent, and I think it's this uh, adage of old, the old versus the new way, right? The new way is what like the four hundred fifty people that were sitting in the conference at the Jake and Jenner thing, they were guys who are sick of, you know, they're, they're not getting ahead in life. Their wages are stagnant. They're they're, they're just jaded from their job. This whole sort of like, they sort of realize something's got to change. I've got to do something with my life. Otherwise, I'm going to be stuck in here until I'm 65 and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be dead one, you know, dead one day through just 
running the rat race, doing the groundhog. You know, it just something's got to change. And I think we live in this world where being an entrepreneur is a new black. And that's the the conference I hosted at. Everyone's self-starting and, you know, you know, very rah-rah. And it, it is a bit of the Tony Robbins jumping on stage a little bit. But that is the energy you need to ignite, you know, the the passion within to go and make a change in your life versus the old way where the private equity stuff, they've been around for, you know, as long as time has, you know, as long as financing has been around. Uh, and it's this different, these, this old versus new way. And, you know, there's no right or wrong because we've taught, we've spoken about how do you, as a business from a real estate's perspective, you know, ramp up. We've definitely built a business around mission statements and what the sort of the five topics that I spoke about. Um, but how does that then translate into, do you, do we ever do private equity in the, in the future? And I know you've sort of been entertaining that idea and having a foot in either camp and how do you balance that? Do you want to talk a little bit about that at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an ongoing conversation, right? And, and I think that's a perfect characteriz- characterization, sort of thinking about straddling both worlds, you know, and, and we talk a little bit this a lot. There are there are groups out there that no one's ever heard of that right. have, you know, 10, 20,000 units that they own and they've done it all kind of this traditional path, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and so they, they're, they're not public about it. And in that room I was in, everybody would know who they were. In the room you're in, no one's ever heard of them. Right. And right. which one, you know, which path do you want to want to go down? And and, and, then, and then no, no one's heard of either room that right, everyone's right. been. Exactly. In, you know, exactly. like you know, we talk about the, the 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 influences in the world, and but like you go outside and talk to someone in Australia, even about you know, I'm I'm no no one's you know, I'm not Tony Robbins, I'm not you know, I'm not Tim Fer- like uh, Tim Ferriss is like that's another level. Like yeah, that's our own sphere in itself, right? Yeah. We talk about being a key person of influence. That's literally like their sphere, their guys in that sphere that they know. The big dogs, you know, who are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, are in that different area. And our little sphere over here and the Jake and Gino sort of stuff, uh, guys self-starting, they know the different people in there. And that's just a little sphere in its own. So it's, I think it's a good, you know, look and analogy to see that they're own, their own spheres in themselves. And, yeah. and people, you can be successful in either one, right? Yeah. And it yeah. just, but it's an old versus new way. Sorry, I cut you off, but it was. No, I mean, that's, that's fun. It, it, you're exactly right. It, it's the old versus the new and we're kind of finding our way. We, we've been doing the new and it's a lot of fun. Do we want to dip our toe and try and experiment that just to see if, see what it's like? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're, we're figuring it out. I think that's a big part of what is really fun about building this business, about working with you, about this partnership is like we're, we're, we're growing the business and we're, we're, we're adding value and we're, we're getting deals done and we're building all these great relationships with investors and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go figure it out as we go. How do we continue to grow? How do we create the ancillary sources of income and yep. vertically integrate and do all the stuff you've talked about? Do a little bit of old and a little bit of new yep. and, and kind of do it together and figure it out as yeah. we go. And, it took a, and, and back to that um, life by design. And I, I personally love the, the camp that like we come from, you know, I think we speak about uh, a little offline and more about the, as we do more and more deals, you know, sometimes our equity, our equity sources, our own, you know, um, investor lists, if you, you know, they sometimes can get tapped out, right? And, and, and I've, as, as, I, as I've grown with raising capital, you've got to keep building that list and as you've grown as well. And sometimes that I think we've sort of come to the point where you want to do maybe we're thinking about two deals a year with private equity and two deals a year with, you know, the, the, we'll call it the crowd, um, friends and family. So it's, but we've not ever done one with private equity. We've never, we've never gone down that path. But as deals start to get harder and harder to pencil, you know, the, 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 the con of the, the crowd is that they may, 
the, the, the investors are used to a certain return, right? And they want that return where the private equity is backed by insurance funds and that sort of stuff. And they just need, they need to just place the capital. They've got so much bloody capital out there. They just need to place it and, and have more, more of the capital preservation type. So it's a little bit hard to try and balance the two. And some deals suit the crowd and some deals suit the private equity. And, and I know we're trying to figure that out, right? Well, and I think that becomes a whole other podcast is just the, the overall state of the market in relation to equity expectations. Right. You know, and that, that was another thing they talked about a lot there that the big equity groups may lower their expectations. You know, the individual investors, I mean, three, four years ago, you wouldn't look at anything less than an 18 IRR. Right. Now you're looking at stuff at 15. You know, we're talking about do you, do you 12, 13% IRR is, is a really, really good return. Right. If you look at the stock market historical average and all the benefits of taxes and a hard asset and all that wealth preservation, it's, it's incredible. But the expectation has been, you know, 15 plus. Yep. So, but what's going to continue to happen in the economy? What's going to happen? And again, that's a whole other podcast. It is a whole other podcast because one of the things I was speaking about at the Jake and Gino event was my international perspective back to the being different as being better than being better than being better. And, and, and Australian capital, I tell you what, 12, 13%, that's bloody great. If you can double someone's money in seven years, I know Israeli capital is similar, you know, Asian capital is really like, the, the, again, it comes from an international perspective that you've got it really good here in the United States. A 12 or a 13 isn't bad. And it's, it's very, still very, very solid. And, you know, our outside markets don't get that in, in real estate. So, you know, that's why there's a lot of influx of international money coming to the United States. And what we're seeing in the multifamily space here in the, in the US is that there is a lot of international money just buying up all this real estate and, and, and fluffing up the prices. But mm. it's because they, they, they're they willing to settle for a 10 to 12% IRR rather than a 17 to 18% IRR. And again, it's, I understand it's a whole nother podcast, but I think in, in general, it's, uh, it's not necessarily a debate, but it's the, how the, you know, the crowdsource, you know, very life by design, solo entrepreneur side, that was the 450 people were at Jake and Gino's event versus your event, which was, how many people were there? But I'd say similar. I think it's probably you know three hundred and fifty to four hundred. Yep, and they're they're all the traditional way, the suits mm-hmm. and ties, and mm-hmm. probably you've never I've never heard of half the guys in that room, mm-hmm. um, and and probably the majority of people in the room that I was at would have never have heard of those groups. But yep. they're worth billions and billions of dollars, and they don't have podcasts or books right. or any of that stuff that come through that quote unquote traditional way. Yeah. Um, but what I like about this other new way is that we're in twenty eighteen. You know, the wave is coming of entrepreneurship. You've got to learn how to surf the wave. Otherwise, you're going to be sucked out the back and learn, you know, building the brand, you know, creating mission statements and all that sort of stuff and really being a disruptor because that's what we live in this world of you've got to start taking control of your own life and, 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 and throw out that old way of thinking because you're going to be in a situation where you know, you're with your dad, you, know, you had to quit your job and come back and all that sort of stuff. And I was jaded with, you know, I don't want to be a civil engineer anymore and this can't be what I'm doing for the next 40 years of my life. You know, there's got to be something more. And it's about backing yourself and going and taking the change. And I like that sort of the rah-rahness of it, but I do also get the benefits or you get the benefits of going to those minutiae conferences where they're talking very specific about the market because you've got to have it, you've got to have a bit of balance of both. If you, you know, you've got to be looking at the market because you're developing a business, but you also got to do developing the brand and, and all those other digital assets to, you know, get, kept the crowd interested and keep funds going through the door. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think that's in, in general, the two differences between them. And 
I know I've worked with some big groups out of Los Angeles that you know own half of Beverly Hills, but you never would have heard of them, right? And I and people always ask me, why do you do the podcast? Why do you do the self branding sort of stuff? And I think the biggest thing I break it down to is I'm trying to build a bit. We're trying to build a business, and same with your your blogging and all that sort of stuff, the life by design, and the way which I I break it down, and you and I have t- spoken about this before, is that people. I've approached people and I, cause I don't have gray hair, they don't want to do business with me. Right. But the Mark Zuckerberg's of the world are just these young guys who've gone and raised tons of money. Um, and it's, I think the personal branding gets shortens that, you know, getting to know one over 10 years to, to, to go out and raise capital and do and build your business. The personal brand, the podcast, the books just shortens that period of time to get to know someone. Mm-hmm. And that's all on the front end. That's why you do the, the, the content creation. That's why you do the, the personal branding, the books and the podcasts is, is to try and compress that so people can get more comfortable with you quickly. You have a story, you have something to tell, you're vulnerable, you're just putting it out there, seeing who, who picks it up, and then people are going to be attracted to, hey, I want to do business with you. You know, yeah. I now trust you. I now, you now have a constant source of income from the crowd, which is what we've based our business off. Um, but there's other folks out there who built it through 10, 15 year long careers in the institutional world, and that's the way of their thinking. I think it's a little bit of the old way, but it's it's still a way of thinking and you still can do it. It just may take you a little longer. I, I don't know. Any, any thoughts yeah. on that? No, I mean, I, I think that's, that's the, the journey we're on. That's the path we're on. You know, we're, we're sitting here on a Saturday, you know, recording a podcast. I mean, we're, you're, you're, you're always out hustling, you know, but it's, it, it, it's when you love it, it it's not work, right. right? You love what you do, do what you love. Right. It's in right. the middle of the vision board over there. Like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's fun. Yep. Yep. Well, mate, I think that's been an incredible cracking podcast that we've done today. I think it's some really, really good bits that we've learned individually. And, and I think we're going to, you know, my takeaway is that I'd love to get to more of those conferences. I think your takeaway is you would love to get more of the conferences I've been to. And, and we've been very intentional about the way we, we divide and conquer as partnerships. Yep. We're not trying to travel to, I think the only conference we're going to go to is the uh, IMNHC, uh, yeah, an, NMHC, an, an NMHC yeah. next year. Um, because it's that, and again, that's more of an institutional level, but that's where the deals are done, right? Mm-hmm. And it's still mm-hmm. that old way of thinking. But um, we're going to go to that conference. But you're going to some some different ones that I haven't been to, and vice versa. So we can, you know, do this collaboration, come back, check in, have our top ten takeaways, and um, you know, help grow our business. So, yeah. um, but uh, you want anything to add before we wrap it up here? No, man. Always fun. Always a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, continuing to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. Uh, this this will be up on YouTube channel and we're going to start be doing some Facebook Live stuff. And if you have any questions, please hit me up at uh, info at, uh, at and You can hit up Andrew at andrew at wildhornecap.com. Uh, please remember to subscribe and click like. And we'll do it all again next week. So take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing. Happy investing.